Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. What's up, guys, and welcome back to your favorite podcast, FNA Van Life. I'm Frankie. And I'm Alex. And today we're going to be talking about relationships while living in a small space. Yes, Frankie and I have been in a relationship for many years now, and two of those years have been in this van. In a small space. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And lately, I feel like we've been seeing a lot about van life couples, and um, obviously, maybe you guys have heard about the story of Gabby Petito. Her and her fiancé were on a trip together, and it ended very badly. Yeah, and that's such a sad situation. You would hope that that never happens to anybody. But of course, we live in a world that has things that just happen that you don't want to see. Um, and all we could do is shed light on how to help communicate with one another and how to be a good partner for the person that you're sitting next to. Yeah, and I think a lot of it is choosing the right person to go on this adventure with because you are putting a lot of trust and faith in that person. We are completely separate from all of our support systems. We're literally on the other side of the country from all of our friends and family. Obviously, you make friends along the road and you, you know, meet new people and you create community, but let that rock solid support system that you've probably had for your whole life or a really long time, you're not around them anymore. And so the people that you would normally go to if you and your partner are having a bad day, you know, they're not physically there anymore. You can reach them on the phone, but you can't, you know, go to their house. Well, speaking about the phone aspect of it too, if you're not being allowed to reach out to your family over you, through your phone, there's an issue. That's a red flag. So, like, as a partner, you should always allow your significant other to want to talk to our family. You should actually encourage it, if anything, because then you're still keeping good family values there for your partner. Whether it's me encouraging Alex or Alex encouraging me, you know, sometimes we need that just to let our family know that we love them and we miss them, too. Um, and as well as it gives you another person to speak to outside of just the relationship. Mm-hmm. And so as somebody who was in an emotionally abusive relationship for five years, a big part of that was kind of not allowing you to talk to your family or friends about what was going on in your relationship. And, you know, in some part, I agree that like, you know, you don't need to talk to your family about every single little thing or disagreement that goes on. But when there's big issues and you feel like you need somebody to talk to, you should be able to reach out to a friend or a family member and not have repercussions. I'm going to have to disagree just a little bit with Alex. And my thing is, is that like you should be allowed to talk to your family about anything. Realistically, if like you feel open to talking to your family about it, your partner should allow that um, because... You know, once again, they are your other support system. So maybe you don't want to talk about all those little tiny little things because then it might just make it well, seem like, like you're a complainer. Well, it paints than... the relationship in a bad Correct. light. Correct. And well, I mean, the thing is, once those things build up over time, you know, maybe that's an implication that your relationship isn't all that great to begin with. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it paints the picture to the parents or the friends that like you're in a really terrible relationship. But the thing about it is that they never see you guys make up. Yeah. And they never see you fight really. Right. They just hear your side of the story. Mm -hmm. So anyways, I agree that you should be able to talk to anybody about anything, anytime that you want. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just like, I mean, maybe I'm still a little bit brainwashed from my relationship. Well, I think that I understand where you're coming from. You don't want to talk to them about everything because, once again, you don't want to taint your relationship if it actually is a good relationship. But if if you know that in your back of your mind that you're feeling some type of way about your relationship, there's probably something wrong with that relationship. 
not necessarily with the person, not, I mean, it could be within yourself, you mm-hmm. know? So there's many different ways that it could, it could be many different things that it could be. I would just simply say that be open to talking about that stuff and be, and your partner should be as well. If they aren't, then you you might want to think about your relationship. So taking it back to van life, when you're out on the road with somebody, you're almost spending 24 hours a day with them, right? And Alex, in my case, yeah, we spend pretty much 24 hours together every single day. Every once in a while, I might go on a walk with Paco, or she might, without each other. Yeah. But it's very rare. Yeah. And so that can kind of create another strain in terms of if you do need a break from that person, or if you do want some alone time to call your family, or you do you know, need some personal space, you need to be able to communicate that with your partner. I think a lot about living in a small space with another person is about communicating your needs with your partner and your partner being willing to accept and help you satisfy those needs. So if that need is that you need some time to yourself, if that need is that you need some alone time to talk to a family member, if that need is that You need to drive all the way back home because you're feeling lonely on the road. Then your partner should, you know, be willing to talk about that. Mm -hmm. If your need is climbing on top of your shoulders, because that's what Paco's doing right now. (laughs) He's climbing on top of my shoulders right now. But yeah, you should always, your partner should always be open to your needs and you should be open to theirs. Um, And if there's any aspect of the relationship where you're not able to be open with one another, maybe that's something you guys need to work on together. Because realistically, should very much be a part of each other's life in every type of way. You know, be there for the other person emotionally, be there for them physically, be there for them spiritually. Like you just have to really be there for your partner if you're will if you're gonna be willing to travel like this. So let's go into like the the argument aspect and like the the feeling of you know not being heard or the feeling of whatever it is the things that create those little arguments the thing about van life is you have to very much be willing to talk about whatever's going on in that moment and you have to squash that beef like pretty much immediately yeah i was thinking back to before we even started van life you know, we were telling all of our friends and family and things like that. And we had multiple people tell us, oh, my God, I could never do that with my husband. I could never do that with my girlfriend. We would kill each other. To them, kind of like a little funny joke. Oh, you know, I would murder my partner. But now with the things that's going on where, you know, Gabby actually ended up murdered by her partner living in a van together, it's a very real And kind of scary outcome. You know, if you're with a partner that you're thinking about doing van life with, but you're also thinking that you could never live in such a small space together because your relationship is already so hard, don't move into a van together. Yes. And here's another thing, guys, is you you don't have to share everything on social media if you live in this lifestyle. I know that that's like part of the lifestyle in the sense of everybody kind of starts doing that or wants to do that. You don't have to be that person. You don't have to want to share everything. Like it's just not for everybody to do. And I don't know if maybe that stuff, you know, put a little bit of a burden on their relationship or puts a burden on other people's relationship. I know every once in a while for Alex and I, this is our business, our job. This is what we do for a living. So we have to stay, keep up with it and stay on top of it. But there are definitely days where I just don't want to do anything when it comes to creative. And there are some days where Alex feels the same way. But there's definitely times where she may try to push me to do something. I might try to push her to do something. But then if, like, that person is not feeling up to it, they don't have to do it. Like, don't get on top of them. Let them let them live. Let them be them. You know, it's, it's kind of... Um, it's kind of tough, though, because it is the business. It is... It is part of our relationship, you know, and we have to always remember to be able to separate those two things. I think the other bad thing that social media does is that it creates an unrealistic expectation of how beautiful the lifestyle is. And especially when you're seeing partners together living on the road, 
you know, it looks so idyllic and, you know, maybe like all of their problems have been solved by living in a van. But honestly, living in a van is just going to put kind of like a microscope on any problems that you're having. It's going to really test your relationship and, you know, make it so that you have to confront issues. And if you don't have the communication skills to be able to work through these, you know, new feelings or old feelings that are getting kicked up, then you're probably not going to survive your relationship on the road. Yeah, maybe that the road lifestyle with that relationship just isn't for you guys. If you want to continue to have that relationship, maybe going back to a stationary type of lifestyle is for you. You know, it, or this, maybe you just need to like figure out a better communication style. Yeah. Because, you know, it's almost like putting your feet to the fire. Like if you can work it out and make everything, you know, good, then great. But if you're at a place where it's just making everything harder and putting so much strain and pressure on your relationship that it's, you know, like I'll hear often or see in Facebook groups and stuff like people were about to go out on the road together and then they broke up and now they're so devastated because they had this plan of going with this other person but now, you know, they're alone. And in my mind, I'm kind of like, well, thank God. Yeah, that was a blessing in disguise for sure. Yeah, because if you're already breaking up before you're even on the road, imagine when you're 500 miles away from all of your closest friends and family. 2,000 miles away. You know, and you have nobody to rely on but each other and you're arguing or you're bickering or you're fighting with each other or one person doesn't want to be there and the other one wants to go further you know if you're breaking up before you're even getting on the road consider that a blessing Mm. because you weren't supposed to travel together and it would be more difficult to travel together than it would be this fun enjoyable van life experience that you were hoping for well just imagine all the little things that would have been argued about in the sense of like where are you going to go next or what you're going to do or they want to do this and you want to do that and it would be a constant like somebody would have to give in and how is that fair in the sense of like travel and wanting to live your best life i I think that it's not law let's take a quick break to listen to our sponsor it's us, FNA Van Life. If you're enjoying all the information that you're getting on this podcast, you're going to love our Van Life book. This book is going to take you from thinking and dreaming about van life to buying your rig, building it out, and everything that you need to know about being on the road living van life full time. If you want to pick it up, it's available as a Kindle download on Amazon, and we would so appreciate your support. Link in the description below. Yeah, and so that's another thing about relationships on the road is that you do have to sometimes be willing to make a compromise. You know, Frankie really wants to go snowboarding, and I don't necessarily love to. So when We're we, still going to go. But when we entered this lifestyle, when I was willing to enter this lifestyle, what my thought process on it was was to be able to snowboard as many mountains as I can every single winter for as long as I possibly am willing to live this lifestyle. Right. So for me, part of this lifestyle is snowboarding. And maybe it's just about setting those expectations up before you get on the road and having conversations about, you know, what does van life look like to you? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, to Frankie, it's about snowboarding and chasing snow and, you know, hitting the rails and stuff like that. It is about a lot of other things, but it, because it's evolved, but my intentions of this lifestyle was in the wintertime to be able to do that a lot. And for and, me... And for Alex, that's not necessarily what she wants to do. Well, for me, it was more about, you know, meditating and getting close to nature and being outdoors and going for hikes and, you know, just connecting with myself and becoming more spiritually awakened, which isn't necessarily the same thing as going snowboarding every well, day. And I will say that all those things were involved in my lifestyle. It's just when the winter comes around, the snowboarding aspect of the of the lifestyle was what I was... Very much looking forward to. Granted, things have changed a lot. I don't know if I would want to go a whole entire winter just being in the cold, in the snow. I would definitely love to have little breaks here and there of going on vacations to warmer places. But, you know, still, last year, last last winter, we took off the whole entire winter to build another van, which was chasing still the dream of living this lifestyle. And we were able to conquer that. And now this winter... 
is going to be very hard to snowboard quite a bit, but we'll snowboard enough, I guess you could say. But once again, it's about that compromise. But this time around, it's because we have weddings and family vacations and all these different things that are going to be going on that are going to pull us in different directions. directions, So I can't necessarily be by the mountain, which is life. That is considered life. Like you have things that happen that you just kind of you want to go to, you don't have to, you want to go to. So it, it pulls you in different directions and makes it to where, you know, you can't have that aspect of doing the same thing every day in the winter time. Yeah. And I mean, I think we're going to get a lot of it, but I think, you know, the whole point is that we're communicating with each other and we're mm-hmm. making our plans together and we're deciding, you know, how can we get as much as what Frankie needs and balance that with as much as what Alex wants? You know, and so finding that balance and that mix and having these communications before you even get on the road. Mm Because at this point, we're having them as we're traveling and we're making decisions as we're going. But like before you get on the road, sitting down and being like, what does this look like to you? Because if you get into it and the one person's like, all I want to do is do drive-bys. I just want to drive the entire country and I just want to look at it from the window and I'm not interested in going into parks and I just want to look at it. Okay, but if the other person is like, I want to hike and I want to get in there and I want to, you know, spend five days out of the van camping in the most remote locations, Mm -hmm. then the two of you are not going to enjoy traveling together. Yeah, I mean, especially when you have the aspect of somebody who wants to go and hike, you know, 50, 60 miles over the weekend and camp out along the way and the other person wants to kind of stay in the van. But here is the compromise, right? The compromise is the person that wants to stay in the van gets to just watch the beautiful view out the window while the other person enjoys the hike, that 60-mile hike, while the other person waits in that spot for them to come back around. And I think that that's a great compromise, but I think in a lot of relationships, people want to be doing things with their significant others. And so there might be some resentment or some, you know disappointment or anger towards the other person for not wanting to be involved in their... Those are personal, egotistical type of feelings. Kind of. Well, I mean, because like you want to do it together, right? But here's the thing. That person is also an individual. You are an individual. To think that your uh, other, like your other person, your person that you're living with, your person that you're together with, your wife, your husband, your your boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever it is, to think that they're going to want to do every single thing that you're, that you want to do, that takes away from their individuality. Yeah. But like, I guess these are conversations that you should have before you go, because if you're expecting the other person to sometimes want to do the same things that you want to do, and they're not interested in doing the things that you want to do, then that's a conflict that might not be able to be resolved. Yeah, and maybe that will determine whether or not you're going to do this together. Yeah. You know, and that's it's okay if you do, it's okay if you don't. No matter what the situation becomes, it's okay. As long as you're nurturing yourself and allowing yourself to grow as a person. And this goes to both parties. When I say yourself, I'm talking all of you because we're all individuals. But you always want to keep that relationship blossoming and growing and allow it and allow it to become the most promising relationship that you could ever have. It is difficult if you don't talk at all. Like if you just bottle things up and you don't talk at all, then why are you even doing it together? Yeah, I think that that could be really toxic. Frank and I often say, you know, there's no room in a van to let situations bubble up. There's no room for you to be angry with the other person. There's no other room for you to slam the door, for you to walk away, for you to, you know, have these arguments. It's a very small space. And so when you do have an argument, it's best for everybody if it could just be settled quickly. Yeah, and and by saying settled quickly, we're not saying, like, put a Band-Aid over it. We're saying actually, like, get to the core of it and, like, understand it. Realize that it's most likely yourself feeling this way and like being able to, you know, take your feelings and say, okay, take yourself and try to put yourself in the other person's shoes. Like really try to feel like that person and how they feel when you're telling them X, Y, and Z, how does it come off to them? You know, because then you get to understand 
you know, where that person is coming from when they're like, no, you know what I mean? Like you could definitely, it's great to be able to, you know, kind of remove yourself in the sense of, uh, step back, think about what you're saying. Like, how is this going to come across to that person? Is it going to help both you and that person? Or is it going to hurt both you and that person? And just think about it. And then, you know, let the words come out in the, in the best way possible. Mm-hmm. I think the one thing that you and I have going for ourselves is that we are able to communicate with each other on a pretty, like, level. Like, if one of us is upset and angry, the other one is usually very calm. And like, okay, like, what is going on here? What is really bothering you? How can I help you? What do you need? You know, I've been in relationships in the past where if, you know, something like that were to happen, it would escalate into a screaming match or, you know, you're fighting with each other and it's loud and it's, you know, nobody's listening to each other because now you're both just shut down. So the nice thing that we have is that, you know, when we do have these feelings and emotions, generally it's like one or the other, sometimes both. But we never, like, get nasty with each other. And I think that that's really helpful because you're, like you said, you're usually mad about something else or maybe you're just having a hard day mentally or maybe, you know, emotionally you just need something or you need some space or you just need whatever it is that you need. Being able to communicate that with the other person and, like, you know what, I'm not mad at you. I just feel like I need some alone time. Yep. You know, and it's like, okay, no problem. And then the other person is like willing to give that space or willing to make that cup of tea for you or willing to take the dog for a walk or, you know, like whatever it is. Are you loving our podcast? Well, we have a way for you to get one more a month. By joining our Patreon community, you get exclusive access to a one hour podcast ad free every single month that does a deep dive into what it's really like to live on the road. Depending on which tier you select, you could even get free merchandise. Check out the link below and join the Patreon community today. You also get access to tons of behind-the-scenes content from our YouTube channel, too. Now back to the podcast. And I know you guys are probably thinking, you're probably thinking, well, this is your relationship. This is how, this is you guys. My relationship isn't like that at all. Well, here's the thing. Alex and I have been in many other relationships that have not been like this. You know, they've they've been argumentative. They've been, you know, not... this is the healthiest relationship I've ever been in. Likewise, in my life. <laughs> and and realistically, it's because we've been through those other things, and we both kind of know where we want what we want in life and with each other. And I think that, like, you could grow that with the, your person. You just both have to be willing to grow into, you know, being understanding and being, you know. Uh, uh, the person that thinks and talks about what you guys are going through. And if you, if you are willing to make those changes and do that, your relationship will make the changes for it as well. And next thing you know, you'll be in a much healthier, happier relationship. I know it's a hard thing to probably understand or take in that concept, but believe me, there's many of us out here on the road that have a relationship like this, like Alex and ours. Alex and mine and like you know I I do believe that we all are very much willing when we chat with all these people we all say the same things like we're willing to nip whatever it is in the butt and like take care of the issue that we're going through immediately instead of lingering on it Mm -hmm. and I think there are a lot of resources for people who want to become better communicators who want to become better partners I know I spent a lot of time, you know, reading books or listening to YouTube videos or in therapy about... even just writing in your journal. Absolutely. You know, it's about becoming self-aware enough that you can know when you're the problem. Because I think often we like to blame the other person, but really we need to take advocacy for our own choices. You remember what they say, you know, whoever you're with is kind of a reflection of who you are. Because you're spending so much time together, your your thoughts and ideologies and things are very much aligned or similar at least, because um, you grow together, right, when you're in a relationship. So 
remember that if that person is being some type of way or doing something, it, it possibly is a little bit of a reflection of yourself or what you've put yourself through or something along those lines. So remember to always like take that step back, like we're saying. I think the theme is is to like really take a step back and look at yourself. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting because, you know, like Frankie said, we have met a lot of people on the road who have very good, solid relationships. But we've also met a lot of people on the road who, after spending a couple of days with this couple, we can almost predict that they're not going to last very much longer. And yeah. we're, al- we're almost always right. Yeah, it's just you you see the decline of their relationship happen pretty quickly, you know, just because their their communication is not good. Yeah. You know, and that's what it really all comes down to. Or they're just like so, you know, one one side and the other that they can't get along. You know, mm-hmm. that they you know, they put themselves in this relationship in the sense of like maybe when they first started their relation they were just trying to please the other person rather than being themselves. And therefore, they didn't actually get to see the true picture of who the other person was. Or maybe by being on the road together, you know, you do grow and evolve and change. And maybe you've evolved and changed away from, you know, this relationship. And that's fine, too. But it's just interesting because, you know, we've said this before, like, van life friendships are very fast and deep, you know? Mm -hmm. You end up spending you know, four or five, six days straight together, you know, almost all day, every day while you're caravanning. And then you really get to see or get to know the other people. And so in doing that with other couples, you get to see, you know, how do they communicate with each other? What happens when someone is upset? You know, how does the other person help you know, in those situations. Yeah. Is they there working, eye rolling? Is there, Are they actually working together? Or are they just making weird, like, nippy jabs at each other? You know, we've walked away from people and been like, wow, that, like, spending time with them was almost unhealthy for us. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, it's just, you get the the energy is just so down and draining and just like oh my god like those people should not be together well and instead of like you know chatting about those other people what i think that everybody could do out there is see what notice what they don't want in their relationship yeah and then make sure that you're always being open with the other person about those things like hey i don't want this to happen i don't want that to happen because i just don't want us to fight you know, I don't want us to not get along. So whatever it is, you know, take the take those things as examples and then say, I don't want this in my relationship. And then if you ever see it coming into your relationship, you know how to nip it in the butt right away. And then the vice versa, you know, when you see people who are modeling great behaviors mm-hmm. where, you know, you're like, wow, like, I really wish that my partner would do something like that for me or that they would, you know, hold my hand like that or, you know, whatever. Communicate that. that. Yeah, you communicate that with each other. Well, and, and like, it's just like work, right? I'll bring it back to work. When I was working in the HVAC field, um, when I was an apprentice, I'd be around these other workers and I would... I would get to watch them and work with them and see what their best attributes were when they were doing the job. And then I would get to take the ones that weren't so great and say, okay, I don't want to do this. But they they all had good features. They all had certain things that they were very good at. So I was able to take the best from each person and say, okay, I want to put this into my repertoire. And that way I could be the best mechanic possible, in my opinion, you know, on the job. So I, I think that's the idea is when you're out there and you're noticing these things, you don't want to necessarily replicate one specific thing. You want to take from every th- everywhere and make the best possible person that you could be when it comes to whatever the job is, whatever the relationship is, whatever, you know, obviously you put it, you take it in and you individualize it to yourself. So that way it becomes a part of who you are and not just become somebody else. Absolutely. And I think that you need to do that on a more of a personal level and not a social media level. Correct. Because the things that you see on social media, although they look amazing, are reflections of only the best things that are happening. And so Frankie and I try to be very honest in our Instagram about, you know, 
what's going on and you know some of the struggles that we're going through and you know sometimes things aren't always we try to talk about real life yeah but like you still gotta have a nice looking picture (laughs) you know i mean that's the whole algorithm of instagram is to put up a pretty looking picture i mean it could be pretty looking and be you know sad it could be pretty looking and be um emotional or whatever and like you know as long as you are trying to stay true to who you are, um, I think that is a great thing to do. Um, but yeah, there, there's nothing wrong with putting up a pretty picture. That That's the whole aspect of Instagram. Yeah. You know, the glamorization of van life or of any other lifestyle is not actually... The, like, where the people aren't trying to glamorize it necessarily. What's happening is the algorithm and what you like through the platform is what's glamorizing it because you're liking the nice pictures. You're liking the the mm-hmm. van on the mountain. You're liking the van with the other group of vans. You're liking those things. So you are going to naturally get served similar content to that. Mm-hmm. So like if you want to see, you know, your feed be a part of all different types of things, you have to go and diversify your platform. You have to go in and search stuff and that like you're truly things. looking for and like stuff that isn't as pretty and like things that are more heartfelt in the in the comment, in the description area, rather than just the photo. Like, take the time to actually look through stuff rather than surface level, oh, there's a photo, and then I'm gone. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, it's the whole idea of, you know, diversifying, right? So when we say diversify, you want to diversify your life in many different ways. So that way you could be a part of all different types of community and you could be a part of all different types of life. You know, you want to be able to understand a lot more. And that's what diversify is to us. Mm -hmm. And if you look at, you know, going back to Gabby and Brian, their Instagram was very pretty. And the video that they put up on YouTube was very nice. And you know, surface level, you would think that they were having a lovely vacation. But then you see, you know, the police camera footage and all this, and obviously they were struggling. You know, to be honest with their YouTube video, when I watched it, um, it was more so just like a silent video of them swinging on swings. It really wasn't like, I don't know, I'm not trying to like, I didn't get any of their personality from it. No, but like just on the surface level, you yeah. would think, oh, look how pretty that is. They're swinging on swings in a gorgeous place. Yeah. You yeah. know, like you don't know. And you wouldn't, if you just saw that and you didn't know anything about this couple, you would say, oh, they're having a lovely vacation. Yeah. I mean, I probably would have clicked off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just being honest. I'm it, being totally honest. I mean, totally it wasn't like the most captivating I probably would have. I probably would have clicked off just in the sense of it's not my style of video that I want to see. It is definitely more so like, you know, people. You got to diversify, Frank. Well, it's kind of people. Ju- I, I do watch silent stuff. But like for me, it was sim- similar, same clips almost over and over. And there really was no personality to it for me. Right. Like so, it was very bland. I get that. Yeah. And that's but why we're not I say, critiquing the video. I'm just well, saying I'm, on the surface level that people might look at things like that and say, oh, everything is perfect, but you don't know the story behind yeah. the struggle. Previous to what happened, though, I don't think many people watched the video. No. Is what I'm getting at. Yeah. So, like, there, there are definitely bigger figures that people watch before they would watch, you know, uh, their video. Yeah. Per se. Even for us, like there, there's a lot more people that watch other people before they watch us even. Mm-hmm. And because we're not known as much, because, you know, we don't, um, I, I don't know, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. But what, what I'm trying to say, though, is that the people that you are watching should be people that embody, you know, all different types of the lifestyle and tell you all the things, their struggles. They tell you everything that's kind of going on rather than just one specific thing. Because you don't want to be narrow-minded, you want to be open-minded. Yeah, or even just, like, beautiful places with a caption, like, chase the sunshine, (laughs) you know? Yeah, I mean... Which is, like, Obviously, you know, you try to chase the sunshine, but here's the thing. It's going to rain. Yeah. It's going to be cloudy. Yeah. You're going to have all those type of days quite often. It just happens. Yeah. You know, especially depending... If you're in the P&W, oh, you're going to get a lot more clouds than sunshine. (laughs) (laughs) So let's go back to like the very beginning, because I think that when 
you know, you and your partner decide to build a van together and go into van life, that there's a lot of these ideals that you might have seen on social media or you might, you know, have seen on YouTube or whatever that, like, this is going to be so much fun. And then you buy the van and you're like, this is awesome. We're so excited and we're on such a high. And then you start to build a van and you realize that building a van is super hard work. Yes. And building it with a partner is perhaps going to be very challenging for your relationship. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of decisions that need to be made. There's a lot of money that's going to get spent. It can be a very stressful time. Personally, I do think that was the hardest part on our relationship was building the vans. Both times? Uh, More so the second time than the first time. Really? Yeah, and I I think because the second time, we did a lot more together. And not to... It's just a very emotional thing like in the sense of like yeah you have to get up and work every single day if you're trying to get it done very fast mm-hmm. right we, we did ours in just about four months like a little maybe like a little less maybe just exactly four months but it's not an easy thing to make all these decisions to you know if one person is just a little bit more motivated than the other person it could it could have a little bit of a uh, of an impact on the relationship um, I do think overall it strengthened our relationship, but I do think that it was the most stress on it as well. Yeah, I think probably the difference between the first build and the second build was money. Because well, in the first van build, we both were working full-time jobs. True. We both were earning very good money that's at true. our jobs. And so when it came to spending, yeah, we were trying to be thrifty and we were trying to make good choices. But we could like go out to eat and we could do these other things. We ate things. out a ton. Yeah. You know, and we literally, because, you know, you're building and you're tired. So you're like, oh, I just got home from work. I'm not making dinner tonight. Let's grab some food and let's build. Yep. You know, but you had the money coming in. We were able to save a huge amount of money and spend a fair bit of money yeah. to build the van. I do also think that the aspect of kind of having my brother and uncle right there, like I was able to just go to my brother's house and use the tools. Right. And my uncle was right there to kind of help us out along the way. Um, I think That's that, that support system. That support system helped us out a lot. We wound up gaining that support system when we were building the second van with uh, Matt and Amber. But once again, it's still a little bit different. Yeah. They, they are like family to us now. But during that time, it, you know... They're kind of just strangers at that moment. Well, at the beginning, we didn't even have them for the first, like, month of the build. Yeah, we were doing it in the HOA parking lot where you're, like, kind of tiptoeing around trying to, you know, not make too much noise. And you're trying to be polite to all the people. You're talking to a bunch of people. So there was definitely a lot more um, stopping us in the sense of, like, I couldn't just work continuously there was a lot more people stopping by and chatting with with me and Alex. So, like, you would be chatting for an hour and a half to two hours just because <laughs> somebody's... chatty. Well, and, and I don't want... I'm not dismissive. That's the thing. Yeah. I don't dismiss people where a lot of others would be dismissive. And I, especially working in the HOA, I knew I could not be. Yeah, you want to be friendly with everybody, not ruffle any feathers. Because I want, I want the 90% of people to be on our side on being allowed to finish it and allow that one or two person in the whole entire community to be the one upset person. Right. You know, I, I think that played a big role in allowing us to be able to build there and allowing, you know, you know nobody getting completely upset with us. Mm-hmm. Um so, yeah, I think being friendly played a huge role in that. But going back to, like, the main stressor of the second build, I think it was... The money aspect. The money aspect. Because sure. now, instead of knowing that we had a weekly paycheck coming in, no matter what, whether we were checked in or checked out at work, you know, we were entrepreneurs the yep. second time around. And so, on top of the physical demands of building a van, we also had the mental... And, you know, stress and all that well, of we building were, our business. And we were still trying to make videos as well, which was very much the icing on the cake of trying to do too much at once. Mm-hmm. And we kept up with it, but you could see us dwindling from three videos to two videos to one video to just going live. Yeah. And realistically, our paycheck via YouTube dropped significantly <laughs> during this time. I mean, we went from making... Probably around a thousand dollars every single month. Well, we for, at one we point two, we were, we're making like, like two grand, over two thousand dollars a month, and we've still never got back to that threshold yet. Yeah, but we we were at a point where we were making about 
$2,200 a month. And then to watch that dwindle down... Think so like three hundred. One month we only made three hundred dollars, and I mean, think about that. You're building a van that's going to cost you uh, tens, we, tens of thousands of. We dollars. definitely spent more than three hundred dollars that month. Oh yeah, I mean, we probably spent three hundred dollars on food. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, just to give you an idea of where our stress levels were in the aspect of money. Granted, we did have a savings. We did have money to protect us. Well, we sold the first van, which gave us a nest egg that yep. we were drawing from. Yep. But, you know, it was definitely a thought because you're, you know, you're watching these numbers go down and you're watching your credit card bill go up and you're kind of like, oh, my God, like, how do we how do we rectify this? So now you have all the stress of that. You know, I can't imagine... I think that if that had been our situation on our first van build, that we probably wouldn't have made it to our second. No, van no, I, I don't. Um, I think we would have wound up eventually hitting the road, but I don't know if we would have built a second van. Right. You know what I mean? I think that unless like we absolutely loved it and we're like, all right, we could do things differently, you know. We'd be still be in low, low. I think we would have had a lot more thoughts about having a lot more money before starting to build another van. Um. So that way we didn't stress about the money aspect. But no matter what, I think that we stress about the money aspect because we seen money just going out and not coming in. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it, is, it definitely put a test on our relationship. Granted, we were able to talk about things. We never got into a serious fight or argument. Like, we would just talk about stuff. Um, the tension would be a bit higher than normal. But other than that, the fact that we were still open and honest with one another to be able to talk about the things allowed us to get out of our own feelings and be happy and know that you had a partner that was there for you. I'm remembering back to one of like our first arguments ever. And it was when we were building our first van because at that point we'd probably only been together like seven or eight months Mm -hmm. and we were driving somewhere and we were talking about something that we were going to be building. And I was trying to explain that, you know, it was going to go long ways and then this would come out of here. And then Frank was like, you know, we were both trying to conceptualize or visualize what we were building, but we weren't understanding what the other person was saying. So I was trying to explain that it would, you know, open sideways and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, it's got to open from the top and blah, blah, blah. And so we were just, like, not understanding each other and, like, just, like, getting more and more frustrated that the other person wasn't seeing our vision. The funny part is we were just explaining it the wrong way to each other, and we actually had the same concept, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so when we actually put pen to paper and we're like, this is what I'm talking about, the other person was like, oh, yeah, like, that's what I meant, too. And you're just like, what the? Like, did we really just, like, argue for 30 minutes about something that we're literally talking about the same thing? So this goes back to that, like, talking with strangers thing that we listen to, right? And even though Alex and I are in a relationship at this point for almost a year, obviously, we always, you always have a different communication that than the other person that you're talking with. So being able to piece that all together and make it make sense is one of the hardest things that we do as a human race every single day. So even when you're with somebody that is so close to you that you're spending all your time with, you still have miscommunication. So it is extremely important to understand and stress that communication isn't always clear. No, and in a van build, there are a million decisions like that. How is the kitchen going to be built? How is the bed going to be built? How are the upper cabinets going to go? And the two of you have to, you know, you might have a vision of how you think it's going to look. And the other person also has a vision of how they think it's going to look. And if you're not on the same page or at least willing to, like, have a little bit of yours and a little bit of mine and, like, figure out how it can work together, it's going to be really hard to make these millions of little decisions along the way that will ultimately build the van. And so that's why you see a lot of people online breaking up before the van builds even finished because it's just it's stressful. Yes it is. It is the hard it's the most tasking part of the relationship when it comes to living this type of lifestyle. Maybe for that type of couple maybe their best bet would have been to just buy something that was already built. 
you know. But also at the same time, it allowed them to understand that that person may just not be your person. So maybe it's a relationship test and, you know, an ultimate result that um, allows you to understand that maybe you were meant to do this by yourself or maybe with somebody else later on. Um, or maybe you're the type of people that just needed to uh, find something and live in that that was already done. Because granted, you know, most of us are coming into this not really ever doing this before. Everybody's doing it for the first time for the most part. So they're learning new skills along the way, and that could be very frustrating. I do believe that this could apply to everybody, even outside of the van life lifestyle. You could apply all these little tactics of just being very open and honest with one another to be able to build on your relationship. I think it is very important for everybody to understand that life is meant for us to learn every day. There's always a lesson in everything that we do. So picking up on those little things and understanding you know, what that lesson was is vital to grow as a person. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. Life in a van is difficult already because you're in a small space. And I do believe that just being open, I think that's what we keep coming back to is being open with one another especially if you're a couple in a van, I can understand that loneliness may be a factor if you're by yourself as well. So making sure that you create relationships on the road with other people is, might be vital to you if you're an extrovert. If you're an introvert, you might not need it at all. You might be able to just go in the mountains and be fine and not have to talk to a soul. Mm-hmm. But speaking of that support system, you know, coming back to where we started this whole conversation at is that on the road, your support system, if you're traveling with a partner, is that partner. And so I think that if you're somebody who needs more than that, or maybe you're somebody who's been in therapy or something, or, you know, you should continue that on the road. And Mm -hmm. there are so many resources to get all of that virtually. And, you know, maybe while you have that talk with your therapist, the other person leaves for the hour or whatever it is. Um, But there's a lot of mental health aspects that go along with van life that are kind of hard to address because you're so transient and so mobile and maybe you don't feel like you can get the resources. There are resources always available to you. Especially now in this digital age, there's resources everywhere. You just have to be willing to find them and willing to put yourself out there and utilize them. Mm -hmm. Because I know it could be a scary thing to, you know, go to therapy or do those type of things or to confront your feelings. Like sometimes that's one of the scariest things you could ever do is confront your feelings because it may turn out to be a result that you don't want, you know, that like you physically don't want or mentally don't want in that moment. Or change that you're not ready for. But guess what? If it's being presented to you, you're most likely ready for it. I think in life always, if something is presented to you, that means your time is right for it. Like does those moments where you get that opportunity and you go, well, I, you know, I'm not ready for that. No, you are. You just have to be willing to make the leap and then everything falls in place for you. Mm-hmm. And so if you're making the leap into van life, you are ready for it and it's amazing and we absolutely love it on the road. And we, you know, if it's something that you're even thinking about, we would say, you know, go for it. Try it. See how you like it. I will say, even though Alex said it's amazing, it does have its ups. And it does have a lot of ups and it definitely has downs. So don't think that it's all just rainbows and lollipops. I know I said this before on a podcast because it's not necessarily that, but you have to be willing to deal with the downs to get those ups. And those ups are so great that it's, it's a wonderful feeling, you know, Mm -hmm. and maybe it's just so great for us and other people that really love this lifestyle. It may not be that for you. Like just understand that we are all very much individual. And so ups for us may different. They may differ from you. And I think, too, after being on the road for two years, you know, our first couple of months on the road were definitely an adjustment and a learning period. And now, you know, I think if we were to swap lives with somebody else and they just came into our van and, like, started living the way that we're living, there would be a lot of things that they were like, oh, my gosh, this is so inconvenient or this is gross or this is whatever. And for us, we're just like, this is perfect, you know? And so I think having those expectations met for yourself you know, having never lived in a van or, you know, building your first van, you know, you're going to have an adjustment period when you first get on the road. I was definitely struggling emotionally our first couple of months on the road. 
Um, but knowing that I spent a lot of time journaling, I spent a lot of time meditating. meditating and doing yoga and like trying to figure out why was I so upset, you know, like this is something that I wanted and I wanted it for such a long time. And now that we were actually doing it, you know, why wasn't I feeling fulfilled? I think that had to do with the aspect of we were snowboarding so much, like you pushed me to do this goal of the 71 mountains and it made it to where we were kind of stuck in the mountains. Like we, there was no way of us getting out and going to sunshine and heat and that different aspect of life. And that's the reason why I understand, like this goes back to being able to communicate with each other and see what your partner needs as well as like what you could deal with. And believe me, I could be fine with going to a nice, you know, tropical place or something warm instead of just being in the mountain all the time. So being able to like, you know, take your selfish wants out. So my selfish want would be the snowboard the whole entire winter, noticing what Alex needs and being like, okay, we could go ahead and go to New Mexico. We could go ahead and go to Arizona. We could go ahead and go to Hawaii. You know, we could go to any of these places because I could see that she needs it. And her need is more important than my want. Yeah, and so on the flip side, I'm willing to go snowboarding and do all of these things with Frankie because that's what he needs, mm -hmm. you know. But so it's that compromise of like, you know, what's good for you is good for me and vice versa. And knowing when you're both fulfilled in, in both of those aspects and being able to be like, all right, I'm fulfilled with this. We could go back to the mountain or I'm fulfilled with that. We could we, we both don't want to be in the hot or the cold and we want to find something in the middle. You know, like we have to always be willing to be open to tell the other person, OK, I'm ready to go. And the other person has to be willing to be like, all right, I'm ready too." or if you're not just being like, hey, can we have one extra day? You know, mm -hmm. so it's it's just it's or always... even like, hey, can we go find a hot tub or hey, can we yep. go find a hot spring or, you know, whatever it is. I think, it again, it just comes back to communicating with the other person. You know, if you're feeling like you need something, whether it's time alone, whether it's a massage, whether it's, you know, some time in the city or, you know, you want to be out in the woods or, you know, whatever it is, having that partner that you can communicate with is so important. I got one for you. I think this is very important, actually. Introvert versus extrovert, because I'm very much an extrovert. Alex is kind of in between the introvert and extrovert, leaning, I think, a little bit more towards extrovert. Yeah. Is that right? It depends on the day. It depends on the day. So I, I think this is super important because there's a lot of relationships out there where you have one person who's very much an introvert and you have another person who's very much an extrovert. Like, you could tell that immediately, too, when one of the people of the couple comes out and is willing to talk, and the other one just stays in the van all the time and never actually comes out to talk. So, you you know what type of uh, people that you're dealing with in the sense of introvert and extrovert. They might be wonderful people regardless of that, but if somebody is such an extrovert, you have to be willing to allow those people to go out and have those conversations and be able to chat and be outside and do all those things. And for that extrovert, you have to be willing for that introvert to be able to stay inside the van and not get upset with them or be able to just be out in the middle of nature and, you know, be there with them. And maybe that person is the person that you utilize as an extrovert to be able to talk to and to be able to, you know, find what you need in them to re-energize yourself. I heard a really nice saying the other day, and I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast the other day, but it was, you know, an extrovert wakes up in the morning with their cup empty and they need communication with people to fill that cup. They need to meet new people. They need to have experiences with other humans to fill their cup. Which is very much me. Whereas an introvert wakes up with their cup full and every time that they have an interaction with somebody else you know, a little bit of the cup gets emptied. Obviously, for me, it kind of depends on the people. Mm -hmm. So some people I find very draining. Uh -huh. Where I'm with them for a couple of minutes or an hour, and I'm like, oh my god, like, I gotta get out of here. And as, like, an extrovert, being the one talking to those people and not really being drained from the conversations, I have to be open to the aspect of, like, Alex says to me, hey, I'm being drained. Well, I don't even say it. So what we've developed as a couple 
is that when I tap Frankie, <laughs> she like gives me like so, a little kick. Yeah, or... I'll give him like a little tap or a little kick because this has happened so many times where we're in this conversation and he's just going and going and like I love him and he, you know, it's he's involved and in you know he's so into the conversation and like that's great. But I'm over there either having a panic attack or I'm feeling so anxious or I'm feeling like you know, we have somewhere to be or, you know, whatever it is. Like, I'm struggling in my mind, <laughs> you know? Like, I'm over here freaking the F out, and Frankie's like, this is the best conversation I've ever had in my whole life. <laughs> so we've developed a skill where if I tap Frankie, because sometimes looks don't do it. Mm-hmm. Like, I can look at him, and he's like, hey! And then he just keeps talking, and I'm well, like, oh, that, my God. I think that's because I am deep into the conversation, and I'm, I'm very much present. Like, I like to be present in where I'm at and what I'm doing because we, even in our affirmations that we read in the mornings, which we haven't done today, which we should do, um, whenever we're with people, we we want to give them our, our, our full selves. We want to always be 100% there and listening. And when you do that, you allow a lot more opportunity, I feel like. So, you know, I am very much involved in that moment. So, yeah, I definitely need the little tap or the something that tells me, hey, I'm not feeling great. Like, can we wrap this can we up? Can we wrap it in up for like me? A, you know, and it's not like I tap him and it's like, okay, we're leaving. Goodbye. No. It's like, okay, let's wind this down. Let's, you know, fit, yeah. you know, get outside, you know, whatever I'm, it is. I normally wind down the conversation within about two minutes and then get ourselves out of the situation and then... Gives Alex an opportunity to breathe and recharge her batteries. Yeah. So I do think that it is very important as an extrovert to be able to notice those things and then get the two of you out of the situation. Because as an extrovert, we handle situations like that very well. Where as an introvert, you might not. You might just be like, all right, I got to go. And then just dip out. <laughs> cool, this was fun. Bye. Bye. And like, you know, once again, there's, there's, not, there's nothing wrong with that. But... What we'll do is it will, the people that you're chatting with or you're with might read it the wrong way and then make them feel a certain type of way about you in general. So if you could, if the extrovert of the couple could kind of ease the way out, you know, it just makes it for a much uh, better uh, situation, I think. Yeah, and like I'm never trying to be rude to the other people, and most of the time it's more about what's going on in my head than what's actually happening so, in the conversation. So it does go back to the aspect of what is happening inside of you that you are feeling this way that you. Well, again, it's about like mental health, Correct. you know. And if I'm, I do have a tendency to have like some more anxiety and mm-hmm. more panic, mm-hmm. and so if I'm feeling that, then you know, Frankie is very supportive in that. He will help me kind of get out of that situation. I think what I was trying to say, though, is that it always comes back to your personal self. Like, because remember, we're using our own minds. We're using our own feelings. We're using our own everything to justify or, you know, give us this feeling of whatever is going on. So it's I think it always goes back to the aspect of like trying to take care of yourself at the end of the day, trying to figure out why it is that you're going through these things, why it is that you are feeling these ways, you know, and using meditation and using therapy and using all these different aspects of life could eventually take, you know, change that for you. Eventually it could. And sometimes it just doesn't. Sometimes that's just part of who you are and what you go through. But yeah, really just trying to find yourself, I think is very important in all these situations. And finding yourself in a relationship can seem hard because I think a lot of us have this expectation that or, you know, a tendency to do whatever the other person wants to do or to fall into line with the partner. And so we see this a lot, you know, couples start dressing alike or, you know, I was never into this, but now that I'm with my partner, that's all that we do together. And it's okay if you both really, truly enjoy that. But if you're not enjoying it, you really definitely, you need to step up and say something to your partner like, hey, like, I just need a change from this. And I think that that can be hard in a van because you only have one mode of transportation, right? So if you're driving somewhere, you're driving there together, 
And if the one person isn't willing to make concessions about what the other person wants, you could end up in a situation where you're spending a lot of your time doing what one person wants and not what the other person wants. Mm -hmm. I do want to stress the fact that we are not relationship counselors. (laughs) We're literally just telling you things from the aspect and the perception of how we uh, take them in and what we go through. So, you know, if you really are having a lot of issues within your relationship or you're having something go on, you should really seek professional help. You know, we hope that this conversation helps you understand that and it helps you, you know, guide your relationship in a better direction. We're simply just trying to help people become better, you know, aspects of themselves. We're we're not telling you this is exactly how you have to do it. You know, for everybody, life is different. So trying to figure out what is the best thing for yourself is very important. Mm-hmm. And looking for help when you need it and creating a support system for yourself on the road when you are away from everybody who normally supported you, mm-hmm. you know? I think that it's really important to be able to have those weekly phone calls or daily phone calls with your, you know, people mm-hmm. that you should still foster those relationships and, you know, not just be like, okay, I'm doing van life, I'm out and I'm gone forever, you know, like, mm-hmm. bye. Because there will be highs and there will be lows. And in those lows, it's so nice to have somebody to talk to that you know, inside your relationship, outside your relationship that can help you kind of navigate those. Yeah. Having like a third party that is more neutral, that is looking at it from an outside perspective that doesn't know exactly what's going on, but they can like listen to kind of what you're saying and try to give you a point of view. That's like, well, maybe, you know, this, that, and the third, maybe it is a little bit of you. Maybe it's this with them, you know, somebody that could kind of give you like a all around aspect of, you know, what you might be going through may help you. Um, and yeah, just trying to keep those people in your life. Don't don't just come at them, though, with just that stuff, because then they're going to definitely feel like there's an issue going on. Well, that's a one-sided relationship. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you are in a one-sided relationship, either try to fix it or get the hell out of it. Yeah, and I think so. For a lot of people, therapy is a really good way to get the hell out of it. As somebody who is in a one-sided relationship for a really long time having the outlet of going to therapy once a week to talk to somebody about it was probably the only reason that I was able to get out of that relationship and, you know, find a wonderful new partner and be able to kind of accept your love in Mm. a different way than I was used to. I have to say that I'm thankful for therapy because if it wasn't for therapy, I would never met Alex. Yeah, and we are very happy together. And not to say that we don't ever have hard times or things are, you know, always amazing, but we wake up every day in love with each other and we go to bed every night in love with each other Mm -hmm. and one or two things happen in a day. That's a lot. Like, I feel like we don't have trouble with each other most of the time. Well, and I think it always comes back to the communication aspect and it comes back to the us working on ourselves constantly. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's the biggest thing is we are always constantly working on ourselves and trying to be better people for ourselves first. And then that makes us better for each other in the relationship. So I think the key to everything is continuously working on yourself, trying to become a better person every day, diversifying yourself in every way that you can. You don't want to just look at one news outlet. You don't want to look at just one uh, type of people that make you feel like that you have to be like those people. That's not what you want. You want to be able to look at a bunch of different types of things, take the best parts of them, and then make the best self that you can make. Mm-hmm. So thank you guys so much for being with us today. I do have a comment to read. Please leave a review. It definitely helps share the podcast. Give it five stars. If we helped you out in any type of way, you could DM us at FNA Van Life on Instagram. You can find us in our email as well, fnavanlife at gmail.com. We love hearing what you guys have to say. We love opening up and talking about topics that you guys have for us. And here comes the comment. This one is from someone named Jeff on Apple Podcasts. 
Jeff says, enjoyed listening to someone who actually has been doing it for a while. And he gave us five stars. Heck yeah. Thank you, Jeff. We appreciate it. And we hope that you guys out there have been loving the podcast. We love making these podcasts. It really allows us to be very open and honest with what's going on. You get up-to-date stuff. You could join the Patreon if you want, if you want an extra podcast. I mean, we have as low as three bucks. It's a very small fee, but it helps us continue to travel and be able to make this type of content for you guys. Mm-hmm. And maybe it'll help us not have so much relationship stress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because money seems to be the factor always. I think that most relationships, money is the biggest factor in terms of the things that people fight about. Yeah. You know, I think that that's like a statistic. Uh, probably is. It most likely is. And I'm not saying that being extremely wealthy is also going to help you, but being able to Definitely pay your bills and know that you have an income coming in will for sure help. But being filthy, stupid rich, you know, might not necessarily be a great thing because it might make you, you know, your ego get a little big. And then you just figure, you know, you pick and choose everything that you want to do and uh, you forget about your partner. So you never want to forget about your partner. You always want to be there for your person. And I think as long as you're there for that person you'll always be able to make it and create a stronger relationship every single day. Mm-hmm. So if you guys have any questions or comments, our DM box is always open. Be sure to leave a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts, and we will see you guys in the next episode. We hope you guys have an F&A day. Hey, everybody knows it's true. Man Life YouTube channel, what they do. Everybody's got to get money. Everybody's about to get money. Make sure you subscribe to their YouTube channel, FNA Van Life. All that.